As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Here we go. The Jets are 4-2. and two. They're heading to Denver for a winnable game against a struggling team. What could possibly go wrong with this franchise? Second-year player who's done very little in his career, demanding a trade and getting sent home from practice. We are going to talk about it. Uh, this is the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here, along with Athletics Jets reporter Zach Rosenblatt, our producer Marissa Dunn. Welcome. Thanks for joining us on a Friday morning. We almost recorded on Thursday morning this week, and man, <laughs> am I glad we waited because things would got been two different shows. Yeah, we would have had to do we another. Had to show, do another right? one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to talk all about Elijah Moore. Get you ready for the Broncos game, and of course, do our picks with a special guest, which you teased a little bit on Twitter, Zach. Um, it's not Connor, by the way. It's not. <laughs> I would never else. surprise you guys with Connor. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but we start with the Elijah Moore situation. I'm going to go through the timeline, Zach, and then I want your kind of reaction to this. But obviously, you know, you look at the numbers, 16 catches, 203 yards, 29 targets this season. The targets, seven week one, five week two, nine week three, then four, four, zero. And that's where the frustration has come in. So we tweeted on Sunday night. We talked about this back on Monday. If I say what I really want to say, I'd be the selfish guy. We winning, grateful, huge blessing. All I ever wanted, bittersweet for me, but I'll be solid, so I'll just stay quiet. Just know I don't understand either. So clearly, he wrote that, but he didn't mean it. So from there, Salah speaks on Monday, says that everything's fine. He's a competitive guy. He wants to contribute. Uh, He's a high-character guy in this team, no problem. Then Thursday comes. He's not at practice. Originally, there was... Stuff out there about him just taking a day, personal day, basically. Then it comes out that he was sent home by the team um, after an outburst that apparently, according to reports, both surprised the team, angered the coaches. And then he requests the trade. The Jets don't want to trade him. That brought us to today. Robert Sala had a press conference just wrapped up about, I don't know, half an hour ago. You were writing about it um, already, Zach, in which we'll get into that Separately, I think how Salah handled this whole thing, 
But the mess of more first. You've been around this team all season. You've been in that locker room. What are your thoughts on this latest Jets moment? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly at a loss for words. Like, look, Denzel Mims, and we're going to get into Mims later. Uh, he had his trade request, and Elijah Moore has his. And, like, the, the entitlement of these guys to think that they deserve, like, what they're asking for. Like, they, they've done nothing in the league. They, you don't. You're you're nothing around the league right now. You you don't deserve to demand a trade. Like you have not earned that right. Like Jamal Adams, for all for all his faults, Jamal Adams was an absolute stud before he decided he wanted to get traded. Like he he earned. But whether you agree whether that he should have done all that or he handled it right or whatever, he he proved himself. And Elijah Moore has not proven anything. <laughs> this guy uh, is in his second year. He's played 17 games, and I know he hasn't gotten a lot of targets this year, but I think he has like 700 yards in 17 games. They've won three games in a row. They're four and two. The vibes have never been as positive as they are right now. Like those positive vibes only shirts aren't as annoying when they're winning. Um, <laughs> and this guy, you know, just just made it all about himself. Like, you know, I, I get being frustrated and wanting the ball, but the, every time these guys go in front of the microphone, they talk about how all they care about is winning. And it's so clear that Elijah Moore does not care about that. Like, there's no other way to to, to put. You know, it's not like he's not even playing. He's playing a lot. If you look at the context, it's like he's ignoring the context. They've they've not really thrown the ball the last two weeks, so Garrett Wilson's not getting the ball either. Corey Davis didn't really get the ball this last week. C.J. Uzama, they paid a lot of money to bring here, and and he's not really getting the ball, and you don't hear him complaining. He's blocking. You know, Dwayne Brown, you know, he hurt his shoulder before the season. He could have had surgery, and he probably would have had to retire. And instead, he said, I'm not going out like that. And he's coming out, and he's grinding his ass off every week, and he's playing really well. Um, you know, D. DJ Reed, you know, week one, he finds out his dad dies before he goes out on the field. He doesn't say anything to anybody. He goes out and plays a game of his life. Still doesn't say anything to anybody after the game. And and he's just grinded and been, you know, a leader for this team. You know, you, Quincy Williams two weeks ago hurts his ankle, or three weeks ago, hurts his ankle to the point that he got carted off. Everybody thought uh, he wasn't going to, you know, play anytime soon. He comes back way faster than expected, comes out and has a game of his life. Like, I, I, I know injuries aren't maybe the, the right comparison, but... Um, it, it just, it just blows my mind that th this kid, uh, thinks he's earned, earned the right to demand a trade, earned the right to, to get angry in the middle of a three game winning streak when things are going as well as they're going for him to do this and try to derail what's going on here. Like what, what did he think was going to happen when he, when he, you know, you know, the reports are that he blew up on Michael floor. Like how, what do you think is going to happen when you blow up on your offensive coordinator? These last two weeks, they haven't thrown the ball much. It's not going to be like that every week. Zach Wilson just got back three weeks ago. Um, it was going to take time for him to acclimate back with his receivers who he hadn't practiced with in months. And again, it's, it's only week seven. Like there, there's so much season left. Like what, what does he think is going to happen? He's never going to get the ball again. He plays more than any other of the receivers. Like I, I don't really know what he thought was going to happen here. Uh, especially, you know, that, that tweet he had on Sunday, even within the tweet, he like contradicted himself because he says, you know, I'm, I don't want to, if I, if I say anything, then I'll be viewed as selfish. And then he says something at the end of it. And he's viewed as selfish. Uh, he's, he was so right. just, he's like, we're winning. That's all I ever wanted to win. And, and, uh, and, you know, so I'm just going to stay quiet. Obviously he did not stay quiet. At least, you know, I mean, I guess technically he didn't say anything on Twitter. And then, you know, Thursday comes, they send him home. He sends all these cryptic tweets. He has his best buddy, AJ Brown tweeting about him saying free, free Elijah. I mean, I'm sure they're talking pretty nonstop. Like, what do you think everybody in this locker room is thinking? Like everybody is in there 
grinding their asses off to get wins for this organization that has not won in a very long time. And Elijah Moore is really just making it all about himself. Like, there's no other way to put it. Like, it's not about, you know, I, I know there, you know, Robert Sala played it off well, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, he wants to contribute, was like the line that he kept saying, but he, they're winning without him contributing. Who cares? Like, if they need you to contribute, then they'll, they'll throw you the ball. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I just don't get it, man. I, I, he's 22 years old, and I think it was a smart move sending him home. Maybe he'll calm down. Maybe he'll come to his senses, realize what he did. I imagine he has to apologize to his teammates. I don't know if, if they feel that way. I'm, I'm sure they have a pretty good locker room, as, as Salah said. They have a lot of veterans in that room. I think Corey Davis said they'll, pro they'll welcome him back with open arms. He's not getting traded, by the way, like that. I mean, that's obviously a big part of this. They're not going to trade him, and I get why. I personally would bench him until the bye week, just you know, send a message. I don't think they're going to do all of that because – at the end of the day, what what wins out is talent, and he's a talented player. You know, I said all of training camp that I, I thought there were there were days where he was the best player on the field. Like the talent is obviously there, and to his point, like he should be getting the ball more. Like that, he's right about that. Like he's he's ran I think 222 routes according to True Media. He's been targeted. Uh, he's like the fifth on the Jets in targets and sixth in catches or something like that, which is obviously not good. Um, and he was open in the Flacco weeks. I'm not sure if he's been as open in the Wilson weeks. So he's on the field. The, the touches will come once Zach Wilson gets more comfortable and once they start throwing the ball more. They might not throw the ball that much on Sunday. Even if he had played, I don't know if he was going to get the ball much because the Broncos have a good pass defense. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, he's just – it's an unwanted distraction. I don't know if he's going to talk today. <clears throat> I, I had to leave because I'm, I'm flying uh, to Denver a little early. Um, but – I don't know if he's going to talk today, but either way, his teammates have had to answer the, these questions about him. It's become a distraction in a week where they should be talking about how they have a chance to, to extend the winning streak to four games to go to Denver. They're they're only they're one point underdogs. It started off at three and a half. It dropped all the way to one, which basically means that it's either even or that they view the Jets as you know <laughs> the better team here. Uh, and 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 we're t we're spending time on a Friday talking about a receiver who's mad about he's, how he's not getting the ball in week seven when the jets don't win games and 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 this is so we're going to spend the whole podcast talking about him i i normally have a have a preview that comes out on saturday we get a shelve it because we have we have i have to focus on this now again this has nothing to do with me i'm just my point being like <laughs> so selfish zach uh, so, so, um <laughs> like my my point being just like he's he's turned to focus away from the game away from the team um i think zach wilson even handled it pretty well uh when he talked yesterday he, he talked about how, you know, he said all this stuff about how we love Elijah. We're going to let him know that. I mean, we're going to get him the ball. And even Zach was like, we just haven't been throwing the ball that much the last couple of weeks. Like, that, that's all it is. And it, it's just like all right there. Like, what did he what did he think was going to happen these last two weeks? They, they, he knew what the game plan was those weeks. Uh, nobody got the ball in the passing game. Like, I, I, I just don't understand what, what, what he was thinking, who was in his head telling him this was the right idea. To get sent home and then to calm down and then demand a trade when you get home, it just shows that he has a lot of growing up to do. He's going to have to do it in a Jets uniform this year. They're not trading before the deadline. Who knows about this offseason? So they're going to try and make it work. I think Salah made that clear. I think they can. I think this can be salvaged. I don't think it's going to you know, tear apart the locker room. Uh, but you know, he's going to have to earn back some trust from a lot of guys in that locker room. Whether there's guys that I'm sure a lot of guys agree he should be getting the ball more. He's a talented guy. As Salah said, he's a po he was a popular figure in that locker room. So I'm sure there are guys that are like, he has a point, and I get why he's mad. But I can tell you for sure that there are guys in that locker room who are like, is he really doing this right now when we're in the middle of a three-game winning streak? Like, I don't know. I, I'll end my rant there, but that's... Uh, 
I think the the key thing, like best case scenario, I think from a Jets perspective, is this is an example of a 22 year old, right? A kid um, who is 22. So there's, you know, it's probably some immaturity there as far as like seeing the big picture. And the second thing that you mentioned is like, he's getting bad advice. It really feels like somebody's in his ear. I don't know if that's his representation or just friends, like you mentioned AJ Brown, but somebody is giving this guy just terrible advice. And hopefully there's a realization here and a maturity that comes through because he is only 22 years old that like, you know what? I can be annoyed that I'm not getting the ball, but this was the worst possible way to handle that frustration. Like there's there's a good way to do it, right? Talk to your quarterback. Talk to your offensive lineman. Don't or offensive coordinator. Don't yell at your offensive coordinator. Have a conversation. Like, how are we getting me involved? Like, blah blah blah. You know, it's. But he's 22, um, so I think there's, you know, that that's the hope is that you know, he grows up a little. This gets salvaged, and we have something down the road. But the fact that this is what he's thinking about when his teams won three in a row is definitely. Uh, it's it's shocking. Um, you mentioned Salah a bunch of times. Salah has spoken multiple times. Lafleur spoke. Um, you mentioned Zach Wilson spoke. I will say this for this Jets franchise: they have handled this, I think, as well as a team can handle a messy situation. And that's not something we're used to saying about the Jets. Yeah, you know, even even so, yesterday, just to give you an idea of like what happened, so. We go out for practice. We see that he had, you know, me and uh, Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets for NJ.com, uh, we both like saw that he sent a couple tweets that he since deleted. It was like, I love my teammates. God, show me the way. It was like something like that. We're like, right before practice, he's tweeting? That's weird. Um, then we go out to practice, and me and Andy look at each other. I'm like, do you see Elijah there? We're like looking, looking. We're like making sure. We're like waiting to make sure he doesn't come in late or he's off to the side field because you never know. Sometimes it's hard. We, it's hard because we only see them for a certain stretch. So you don't know if a guy's going to whatever. And we're just like, and we see he's not there. And so, you know, as all the reporters start noticing, Salah comes over, um, talks to us and says that he was excused. Uh, he phrased it weird. So we all, I think, interpreted it wrong. He said something along the lines of he's excused. He's with family or something like that. Um, so we thought it was like a family reasons is why he was excused. Uh, as it turned out, it wasn't that, of course. So that that was all weird, but the point the point being like Salah was he was clearly trying to like they were clearly trying to protect him in a way and and say like you know we're we sent him home we're not going to exactly say why uh, and then he'll he'll come back tomorrow and everybody will be able to go on about their business um, and then that's not what happened obviously he demands a trade when he gets home he cooler heads do not prevail and and now you know he's he's not going to play this weekend uh, he's not going to play on Sunday. Uh, which is the right move. He's not even going to travel with them to Denver. He's not even practicing with the team today. And Salah's comments were that, you know, he, we want him to like basically take mental health day kind of thing. Like let him, you know, he, he, he said, he said it wouldn't be fair to him to put him out there with how he's feeling right now kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, to go back to your original point slash question, like Salah made, it was pretty clear to me that they really want to make this work with him. They don't really have a choice, I guess in a way. Uh, but yeah, Salah said all the right things. It was very positive you know, a very positive reinforcement type of a uh, press conference. You know, the, the questions were good. They were asked about like, this obviously is a selfish act. He's like, you could view it like that, but I just view it as a kid that uh, wants the ball. And, you know, earlier in the week, Salah said, pointed out that like 
it seems like more is focused a lot more on the production and that like you can still contribute without producing is kind of like the lesson I think they're trying to get home to him. Um, but it, I think they're going to welcome him back with open arms. They're going to try and work him back into the fold. They're going to try and deal with this trade thing and, and hope it boils over. Uh, that's not really all you can do. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Salah's press conference is really impressive. It showed, you know, that he can be a great leader for this team. Uh, and I think maybe this can even be a rallying thing where they're like, all right, well, our, our coach is going to support us even when we're, you know, publicly complaining about how they're using us and, and all that stuff. So I think that's a very positive thing. I mentioned Zach Wilson. I think he deserves credit for the stuff he said yesterday. Uh, and so if, if you want to believe that this team can, like, move forward from this and not let it be a distraction, I, I think you look at the coaching staff and you look at, the locker room, uh, they, they put together a roster of guys that are pretty mature. And, uh, yeah, so I think they can make it work. It's just a matter of if Elijah wants to make it work. Because if he wants to – he can certainly make it a problem and make it so they have no choice but to make him inactive for more than this week. And I, I will say, like I tweeted this last night, like I, on one hand, like Denzel Mims, you know, like I mentioned – like I ranted about earlier, like guys like that have no business like demanding trades. But at the same time, he's like handled it in a way that, you know, if, if Elijah – handles it like Mims does and he, and he wants to get traded, but he still just goes to work every day, uh, kind of keeps to himself, keeps quiet. You know, if you ask him about it, he'll say, yeah, I still want to get traded, but he's not like going out of his way to tweet. I don't think Mims has tweeted since like July. Uh, on, honestly, a lot of this comes down to if he just hadn't like aired out his grievances publicly, then we wouldn't even be here because then we would, they maybe a, a coach and a player getting into it is not like anything crazy. Like that's not the first time that's ever happened, even for a winning team. But he decided to tweet about it and try to tweet vague things about it and make it, make it a story. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's what I got. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to talk about Mims next. Um, and you want to stick around to the end of this episode as well to hear a trailer that we have coming out uh, for a, a pod, special podcast here at The Athletic from Kuva to Qatar, remaking the U.S. men's national team and narrative podcast from The Athletic. Sam Stasekel and Paul Tenorio spoke with head coach Greg Berhalter, star players like Weston McKenney and Tyler Adams, and U.S. soccer legend Clint Dempsey, among many others, to bring you the firsthand story of the men's national team's long road from not qualifying for the 2018 World Cup to sending a talented young squad to this year's tournament. You'll be able to get every episode on the Athletic Soccer Show feed on November 1st, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Again, a full uh, trailer for that upcoming podcast coming up at the end of this episode. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, on to Denzel we go. Uh, <laughs> this is, I feel like the when you know as a, that you hit the wrong chord, right, is when a player demands a trade and like the fan base reaction is like, 
Denzel Mims time. <laughs> they <laughs> love that just, guy. <laughs> uh, it's it's fascinating. Uh, so Denzel uh, has been practicing in that spot as wide receiver on the outside. Um, I guess Salah said today, not clear whether he'll start, but he is active. Uh, and Denzel Mims is going to get playing time. He's going to get an opportunity, which is something that he and many Jets fans have been waiting like over a year for. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Sauce Gardner apparently just tweeted. Some people pointed out and he, he tweeted a quote from it looks like the Bible that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourself. Ouch. Um, Okay, so we know where Sauce sits in this. Uh, <laughs> Unsurprised, and I, and I saw Brees Hall also liked uh, Damian Woody tweet about the whole situation. So yeah, um, I saw that Woody tweet. Yep. But the funny, so the funny thing about the Woody tweet was like it presented both sides of it. So technically, you don't know which side Brees Hall is liking. But anyway, uh, about Mims, yeah, you know, there's it's, it's kind of funny how this full circle thing is happening because one guy demanded a trade and now he's going to get a chance because the other guy demanded. I was actually Denzel Mims requested a trade. It wasn't a demand. Yeah. Denzel, just wait long enough. Somebody else yeah. will <laughs> demand a trade and you'll get your. You know, shot. you yeah. figured you figured Denzel would eventually get on the field just because Corey Davis has a history of injuries and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if I don't know like how much Denzel is going to play, but he is going to. You know, he plays on the outside, as does Elijah Moore. Uh, Jeff Smith's also there. I, I don't really think he's much of an outside receiver, but we'll see how they use it. I think they'll go more 12 personnel, like so you have a lot of Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis uh, alignments. This this will lead to Garrett Wilson getting a lot more snaps and maybe looks than he was before. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what Mims looks like, how he's been. Look, we don't, I don't really get to see him practice. He's been mostly on the scout team. This is a chance, though. Like, he, he talked about all preseason, like, I deserve to be a starter uh, when all the evidence was, you know, they had, they drafted all these guys, they signed all these guys. They were clearly ahead of them on the depth chart, but now this is his chance to go out there and whether he plays five snaps or 25 snaps to, to prove what he's been talking about. And, you know, if he has a great game, then all of a sudden they either have a quality young receiver they can rely on or they boost his trade value. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they use him and, you know, what he does with that. So yeah, somebody may get traded out of this whole thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Elijah helps him get traded. Ironically, yeah. It's funny because like Elijah, you know, obviously he did this to try to make a point and to try to do what he thought was best for him. But in no way is this good for him. In a sense, like you just said it, like this means Garrett Wilson probably gets more action um, and develops more chemistry with Zach Wilson, and yeah. maybe takes that step in his progression where he's the guy. Um, there's always a chance Denzel Mims catches three balls for 75 yards and a touchdown or something like that. And then, you know, your value within the team, suddenly this guy can contribute. There's no way in which getting sent home from practice, complaining and missing weeks of games is going (laughs) to help you because it's only going to hurt your trade value and make it even less likely that the Jets would even consider trading you. Uh, it's just, I, I <laughs> don't know. Where that's also, that, that's also, yeah, that's one thing I forgot to mention. Like what these guys don't realize is by making your trade things public, like you, you reduce the likelihood that you're going to get traded, especially because they haven't proven them. Like they're not Jamal Adams. Like if Jamal Adams demands a trade, he's going to have interest because he's an all pro safety. When Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims do it, you know, that other teams can be like, Oh, what? I mean that we know that you're trying to trade him now and he hasn't proven anything. So here's like a fourth round pick. <laughs> like that's, yeah, and like, the more pressure he puts on himself when yeah. he does get yeah, it. Yeah, then he's yeah, he's drawing more attention like, to he himself. Drops yeah. One ball and then yep. it's, what's it gonna be? Great you know? Yeah, because yeah. the fan you he drops yeah. one ball at home and, oh, and there's and probably fan, booze. And fans, it, it's funny, you know, 
Um, fans were, he was one of the more popular guys on this team, I would say, uh, coming into the year. And it, it's, it, it's crazy how quickly things can change. Cause I think I've seen more than 50% of the people responding to this being like, get rid of him. It's not worth yeah. it. He's selfish. It's because the, the Jet, Jets fans are all in on this team being a winning team, which I don't think they expected. And so anybody ruining that, like it, they've turned on him. So like you said, if he goes out there and drops, gets drops and they're going to boo him at the same time, if he goes out there and has a bunch of great games and everybody will move on. But um, yeah, he's putting, like Marissa said, he's, he's really putting a lot more attention, a lot of pressure on himself. Everybody's going to pit. Everybody's going to notice and pull the clip of him dropping it and put it all over Twitter and, we know he looks on Twitter just based on the fact that this all started because he quote tweeted Rich Samini, um, just tweeting a stat. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, I I don't I don't really get how or why he handled it. Maybe he'll talk today and explain himself. But um, he's not been someone who's been very keen on talking to the media this year because he's been frustrated. I, I imagine. So we'll see how that goes. I wonder if they'll make him talk to the media at least. I mean, te- technically, yeah. if he doesn't, we could he could get reported to like the NFLPA or whatever. So. Right. We'll it's you mentioned the swing in the fan base and that you said it it sums it up like when i think when samini originally tweeted that stat which probably if it just goes out that way nobody even thinks about it but when it gets retweeted by elijah i feel like the reaction at that point was against rich like there was yeah. a lot of like oh you're stirring things up there's no need to let, do let that me, like let me say not to cut you off but that was like so ridiculous to me like i know th- I'm not going to get into like how the fan base feels about Rich. I, I personally like Rich, but um, like all if he did you was hang around on a beat long enough. Yeah, exactly. In the sports yeah. world in Philadelphia, New York, Boston, the fans will hate you. Yeah, it's just like, it's but just t- specifically with this, all he did was tweet out that Elijah Moore did not get any targets, <laughs> like, or that he I forget what the exact tweet was, but it was really like just a fact. Like it, it's not like yep. Elijah Moore saw yeah. that tweet and was like, "Huh, I'm not, I haven't been getting targeted." You're right. And, and it's, it's like, not that's an, a, it's not a waste of a tweet. Like that's a, I think there's value in that tweet. Yeah. Like he's sharing, that's a good tidbit. Like, listen, this guy is supposed to be one of the biggest weapons on this team and he got no targets. Like, I, I mean, I, I was going to have this anyway, but in my, my, uh, reasons for optimism and concern, like Elijah was my number one concern. Uh, I mean, the tweet was a part of it, but like, if you just looked at all the numbers, he had been playing a lot and not getting the ball. Like it's, it's a fact like, and he knows it. He's been frustrated about it all season from what I heard. So, um, I, I'm like I social media, you know, everybody is quick to react and all that stuff. So I get that to a degree, but I, I just thought that was crazy how that people reacted. But yeah, now, the, now it's turned and you know, it's not like people are apologizing to rich or anything, but, um, but by the uh, way, cheap plug, but rich, rich is a fellow, uh, orange man. Oh, right. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. he's always talking Syracuse football is a uh, big game right? Saturday. Big yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, I ran into a, I can't wait listener from Syracuse at the airport the other day too. Nice. Yeah. There, 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 there are. What's that? You ever watch Arrested Development where the, the never nudes? They're like, there are dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> there are People dozens of us ju- in the media. That's yeah. Sure. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I had a plan of where to go next, but, but I but sidetracked. I I've, I've Broncos. Lost it. Broncos. Yeah. Let's talk about the Broncos. Um, let's get away from this stuff for a little bit and just talk about this football team. Um, oh, the one last thing I was going to say was about Elijah is you he's not playing Sunday. And when you think about this team going into this game because of the way the season's played out, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like a problem going into a game when a team's one three in a row, which is another thing against him and this demand for a trade because it's like 
we don't even mind that you're not playing Sunday because you haven't been a part of the offense. But um, let's talk about this offense because that's the fact is this Broncos team has struggled because the offense has been terrible. They went out, they got Russell Wilson, they gave up a lot for him, and he's been bad. Completion percentage under 60%, five touchdowns, three picks. You know, the yardage is 240 per game. He was at like 188 last Thursday in that that terrible game. He started that game great and then was awful after that. And this is a team that has, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, good receivers. Um, and you felt like they were going to be a good team. But where they are good is the defense. It's still a really good defense. And this Jets offense that has struggled to throw the ball and has relied on the run, that's that's going to be a challenge this week, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting because as you mentioned, the more thing like it, they're going to probably have a similar game plan to what they've had the last couple of weeks because the Broncos have one of the best pass defense in the league. Patrick Sertan is shuts down pretty much. He's like he's sauce a year from now is what I would say. Like he's maybe what you see sauce will be next year. Like he's he's I've seen people talk about him as defensive player of the year. He's been that good. Um, so their defense is quite good. They can get run on a little more than get passed on. Uh, you're not as scared as their offense because Russell Wilson is not the same Russell Wilson and his hamstrings hurt and he's he's looked pretty rough so far this season. And the running game is kind of weak because they lost Javante Williams. Um, like you said, they do have those receivers so they can make big plays if you make mistakes. But yeah, so I think this is going to be one of those grinded out games. I don't think you'll see either team scoring. I mean, unless, unless the Jets defense has a rough day, which I don't think they will. Um, I don't think you're going to see either team scoring like 28 points. I think this is more like a you know, like a 17 to 13 game or a 21 to 17 game, something like that. Um, the Broncos are very beatable, but traveling to Denver is hard. Uh, that's one of the harder road trips. They got killed the last time they were there, I believe last year, actually. Um, so it's a tough road trip, especially because they just got done a road trip to Green Bay. Um, you know, the the altitude and all that stuff. Like, it, it, it's a challenge, and the Broncos are have talent on their roster, even if they're not, like, well-coached or if Russell's not the same. Um it's not going to be like that. Like this is, I know that the line has moved set to such a degree that it's a one point spread now, but I, uh, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, and I'm curious to see how the, the jets adjust on offense in particular and how they, cause teams are going to expect that they're going to run the ball a lot now. So how does Brees Hall handle that? How does Michael floor handle that, uh, in terms of adjusting and, you know, being creative with his play calls. I think you'll see a lot of the tight ends. I think you'll see a lot more Uzama and Tyler Conklin, things like that. And, I think you're going to see a lot of Garrett Wilson, uh, especially with Elijah out. I think they're going to try and – because he's a guy that can get make plays after the catch, so you're going to try and manufacture a lot for him. So, um, yeah, so it, it's uh, it's an interesting matchup. It's not, You know, I it's we wouldn't – again, we're going to say this a lot this year because they're actually winning. Uh, but if you had said before the season that they would come out of Green Bay with a win and essentially be favored against the Broncos on the road, like I would have called you crazy. So, um it, it's interesting that we've gotten here to the point where I think fans are expecting them to win now, as opposed to be like, huh, it'd be cool if we split those Packers and Broncos games. Yeah. It's ex- expecting win. Now the jets have been great in the, f- I have no idea what that sound is. Hopefully you guys can't hear it, but um, we can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> the alarms are getting sounded because of my rant. Just it's some, some New, York New York city. I don't know what's going on. Um, I'll be real quick. And uh, Oh my God. Anyway, um, <laughs> It's all good. I lost my train of thought because of it. Uh, uh, the Jets have been great in the fourth quarter. And yes. the fourth quarter is a problem in Denver just because that's when it the air gets to you, right? So I wonder how that – they need to get off to a better start, I feel like, because 
it's it's a hard place to yeah. rally. Russell Wilson's yeah. been bad in the fourth quarter, though. So that's that true. Help, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the reverse Jets. That's that's yeah. the weird thing about this Jets team. It's hard to like even say like they can't start slow because they they've like had insane fourth quarters. So I don't know. I mean, you you don't want to go into the fourth quarter being killed or anything. But um, this, this Broncos team is way more beatable than I thought they would be before the season. So I I'm not like scared of them, but I I think Jets fans aren't scared enough of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think you don't want to get too confident. And I'm sure this team isn't too confident going into this game, but because it feels like, you know, you win your fourth game in a row, everybody still feels great. Suddenly the Elijah Moore thing fades a little bit. Whereas you lose this one, now you're four and three. Was Elijah a factor in it all, like leading up to, you know, it just gets messier. Because depending on what happens on the field on Sunday, like it either minimizes what happened this week or yeah, it boosts it up. And that's the last thing this team needs. I mean, if, if they go out there and the offense looks sloppy or something like that or, you know, whatever, like you know, it's going to be hard not to like turn to that. Be like, did this wind up, you know, pulling your focus away from the game this week? I mean, they're not going to say it. nobody will admit that or anything. Um, you know, not to go back to the more thing too much, but it like the. His teammates are going to have to answer for this today in the locker room and on Sunday in the locker room and probably early next week in the locker room. Like this is just being a he created a new cycle on his own. Like nobody else did that but him. So, yep, not what you want. Uh, what you do want though is our picks. I hope we're going to come back with those after the break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, welcome back to the Can't Wait Podcast. Time for our pick segment with our guest picker. And this week, we want to welcome in Jonathan Counts wearing the Jets t-shirts. Zach uh, publicized this as our special guest. And Jonathan, before we talk to you, I just want to play this video to show people why we wanted to have you on, why we wanted to have you talk and, and then get your pick. So Marissa, go ahead, play the video. And why it's so special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Jonathan. It was John. Well, Jonathan's yeah. wife's cheese head that went to Sauce Gardner last week in Green Bay. Um, you DM me on Twitter. Amazing. Thank you for reaching out. It was great to, to, to find out who gave the cheese head. I assumed that it was actually like a Packer fan. And then it just fell on the ground or something, and he picked it yeah. up. Um, so first, explain to me why you guys had the cheese head in Green Bay. Obviously, there's also you also shared a picture with us of you in full Jets gear yeah. at Lambeau, which is brave, <laughs> and we credit you for that. There's um, a lot of Jets. But was fans it there. just a hey, we're in Green Bay, we need a cheese head, and then being so, down there? Yeah, basically, like before we left for our trip and everything, my wife she was just dead set on getting a cheese head. That's all she wanted. Um, and so once we got to the stadium, uh, the pro shop, it was just packed and the lines were like way too long. So we thought we missed our chance. And then, um, you know, we're walking up to our gate and they had a little pop-up shop. So she ran over there and just bought one. And, you know, we took a bunch of pictures, got into the stadium. And, uh, I mean, from that point, 
it just became like a prop for me to like terrorize all the Packer fans. <laughs> so like, you know, come, come the fourth quarter, I'm standing on the bleachers, like fireman Ed, like leading the Jets chant, like, you know? And uh, yeah, it was just, it was pretty wild. Uh, and then like, you know, the, the game was over, everybody's hanging on the railings and the players are running by and then just holding out the cheese hat. That's right there. So what was what was it uh what was it like seeing Sauce? Um, he like he like has bring been bringing it everywhere. I'm like it's it's yeah I know right. And then it's it was so funny because my wife was just like, hey, that's my hat. (laughs) (laughs) Her hat is gonna live in Sauce Gardner's house forever. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was gonna throw it on, you know, throw it back or something, but (laughs) but it was pretty. It was great. It it was just like an all time memory you know, bucket list type of awesome. situation, you know, and seeing everything out. Yeah. That but, picture uh, was, I mean, that photo was everywhere. Literally. Yeah, everywhere. Anyway. So. Um, my wife, she actually gave me a quote. And just she because, said, uh, just so people know, she, we were hoping she would join us too, but she actually, yeah. what's she's your a teacher, right? So you should, you should mention yeah, her name. Yeah. So people, so people know her name too. Yeah. Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Okay. okay. Shout out to <laughs> Carrie. Yeah, shout out to Carrie. Uh, she said, "Behind every great cheese hat is the woman who bought it." <laughs> oh, that's Fantastic. amazing. Yeah. I I have a question. Did yeah, you man. go buy her another cheese hat? Oh, that's a good that's what I wanted. I, good. Follow-up. I was debating it. I was debating it, but I did not. But okay. what are you gonna do with the cheese? Yeah, head couldn't li- couldn't live up to that yeah, one, right? yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. I, yeah, that was the whole thing. I was I didn't want to buy it because I didn't want that juju, you know. Like, true. I was like, you can go for it, go buy it. You know? <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so yes. she's really the famous one. Well, Jonathan, what's yeah. what's uh what's your what's your story? We usually ask these ask everybody what their story as a Jess fan is. What's what's yours? Fine. Yeah. Just, like, how did you become? How did you become a Jets fan? How have you, you ingrained know? in my soul? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so yeah. hard to explain. I was just born this way. So, Excellent. just year after year, patiently waiting. What, you- what was the Lambo trip about? Was that like a long time thing? Like, were you guys planning? Yeah, bucket list. I actually, I actually worked for a company based out of Green Bay. Oh, perfect. So, uh, yeah. So we kind of like. We just revolved it around like me going out there for work and then work. So uh, it was a work trip. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Did, so that means you yeah. can expense the cheese hat. <laughs> oh, I should, right? Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, uh, Carrie left Monday morning and I stayed in Green Bay, like going into the office for work. And, uh, you know, I got to, you know, talk, talk a little smack and <laughs> let him know I was the guy. Handed off the cheese head. So that's awesome. Was awesome. Yeah. Good. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the picks. Um, Jonathan, you have a lot to live up to here because right now I'm just going to throw the stats up on on the screen. The listeners oh, wow. continue to lead the way. Ten and eight. Mike Dunn, one a solid week last week, going two and one. He got the Jets right, the Falcons right, wrong right. on the Cowboys. Uh, me and Marissa struggling again, one and two. We're both great seven week and for 11. Blatt, but Blatt making a comeback, <laughs> getting back even. Uh, three and zero week Jets, Vikings, and Seahawks, and you even said Zach weeks that you've picked the Jets have been big for you. So, hmm, uh, we'll see. But we always start with the leader, so you get to go first, Jonathan. Okay, um, I'm going to take Gino, former Jet, and my Mountaineer brethren, <laughs> five and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. That's a good one. 
uh, Falcons six and a half, and then I'm gonna have the Commanders four and a half. Ooh, money line also, and just <laughs> throw that dagger right through Aaron Rodgers' heart. Wow! Wow! Do, the, do your employers know you're saying this? <laughs> uh, I'll send it to my boss after this, and she can just tell everyone. <laughs> So you, you're right, on the so, Taylor Heineke ch- hype train there. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So Seahawks, Falcons, Commanders. Zach, okay. you're up. All right, I'm gonna go Falcons plus six and a half as well. The, Me they're, too. I feel like Actually. they're they're better than I thought they were gonna be. Certainly, they're pretty well coached. Um, let's see. I had to do this on the fly because I've been very focused on the Elijah Moore stuff. <laughs> I'll go Colts plus two and a half. I think they've played a lot better. They're playing the Titans. Uh, Titans don't really scare me very much. Oh, and the Giants are underdogs. Yeah, that's mm. my pick. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I won't pick that one then. That's I'll do, a, I feel like they're. That's a trap. I'll do. <laughs> I'm gonna go Chiefs minus two against the 49ers. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I just think the 49ers are good. I don't think McCaffrey's gonna play for them this week. Right. Uh. So I. I feel like the Chiefs will win by more than two points. All right, Marissa. What do you think? Me. I. You want me? To All right. Next? Well, so I also had the Falcons okay. plus six and a half. Um, and then Giant. I, I. I know this is our Jets podcast, but um, <laughs> Giants are looking pretty good. So Giants plus three at Jacksonville. Um, and then my last pick. Mac Jones has a lot to prove now that he's back as the starter. So I'm gonna go Patriots minus eight versus the Bears. Uh, or else I, they're gonna I, bring Bailey Zappi back in. Yeah, so. I mean the pressure's <laughs> there. Bailey. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's looked good. I That's why I didn't want to touch that game, weekend. just because I feel like the team had was getting behind Bailey Zappi, and now they've they've pulled him away. But uh, yeah, okay. And, all right, I got. I'm going head to head with Zach on the Titans Colts game. Um, I know the Titans haven't looked good, but I just feel like that their core, they're a pretty good team. Uh, minus two and a half at home, so I'll take that. Uh, Packers going head to head with Jonathan. I'll take the Packers. I feel like they were embarrassed last week, flat out. Um, and they're going to come out. Two weeks in a row, they've been embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, true, so, true. But at home last week, yeah, and yeah. the you know the Commanders are bad. I think they come out and they they actually win that game handily. And then the last one was tough. I I almost went um, with the Giants, but I'm going to go Cowboys with Dak back minus seven against the Lions. The Lions were like that team that was in every game and losing close games. And then last week they just got blown out, and I feel like that's it. Like the bubble burst, and they're just gonna <laughs> all, resort to being the Lions. So Cowboys minus seven. Um, all right, hey Jonathan, thank you so much. Do you yeah, thanks, are man. you uh, do you generally go to home games or just road trips? I uh, mean, yeah, I mainly go to home games. That was my first road trip. Oh, cool. Well, that's a memorable first, one, first yeah. road trip, and yeah. they're yeah. one or no. I mean, so not no. for nothing, Green Bay. Everybody was so nice out there. Oh, the yeah. whole area was awesome. It was just an awesome experience. So highly recommend. Yeah, and oh, yeah, Lam- Lambo's really cool because it's just like in the neighborhood. Like people yeah, you say that to people very- and they don't really understand what you mean, but you get there and it's like legit just like in a neighborhood. So Yeah, yeah and not a neighborhood life. like with tall apartment buildings. Like no, a neighborhood no, like with houses, yards yeah. and picket fences <laughs> and driveways. Yeah, it's weird. People tailgating out of their garages. Oh, yeah. it's wild, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Uh, good luck yeah. the rest of the way with obviously the Jets and hopefully that your uh, employers handle this okay and and just one, and say one hi one to your wife just, for us. Yeah, I will. And uh, it's Mims season now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks, Jonathan. Tell Carrie yeah. we said hi. Thank you. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That is going to uh, do it for us. If you want to join the athletic 
$1 a month, six months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Final thoughts, Zach? Well, I guess the final thought is like, did anybody ask Strebler what he thinks about it? <laughs> they Elijah. did not. Though I will say they, they, they do like a video and they win where the players are coming off the field and they like have them say, yeah, Jets win. And Chris Strebler made a nice little cameo there. So they clearly value him. Uh, you know, I just want to point that out. <laughs> At least the PR staff does. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 we, and us. And we do. Um, <laughs> all right. Outstanding stuff. I teased it a little earlier. Great new narrative podcast coming to the Athletic Soccer Show. Comes out on November 1st about the U.S. men's national team getting ready for the World Cup. Coming off of, obviously, the disappointment of not making it four years ago. Uh, Marissa, roll the tape, and we'll talk to everybody after the game next week. The U.S. hit rock bottom in Cuba in 2017. Can't even talk about it. Still, it's tough to, to speak about. We failed. Simple. It was a, it was a very dark time in, in U.S. soccer's history, you know, not making the World Cup. That disaster, in some ways, was a blessing in disguise. With so many younger players coming in, everybody was extremely hungry. Competition started. The U.S. men's national team went through a dramatic evolution. Was at a point where I think, okay, I'm going to lose these guys here. They're going to stop believing in what we're doing. They're still forming. They're not fully realized players yet. I remember after that El Salvador game, just thinking to myself, man, like this is going to be a grind. They're talented. There's a lot of hype around them. But are they really ready to take that next step? Everyone has something to prove. We got a lot of players who probably have that mentality. And now this team will head to the World Cup in Qatar with massive expectations around it. If we can get our group to play without fear, you know, we'll be, we'll be dangerous. We have one mission is to go to the World Cup and to win. I'm Paul Tenorio. And I'm Sam Stayschool. We are excited to bring you a special podcast series on the Athletic Soccer Show feed. From Cuba to Qatar, remaking the U.S. men's national team. The series details how the team was rebuilt, from the catastrophe of not qualifying for the 2018 World Cup to now sending a talented, young roster to Qatar. You'll hear from the biggest names in U.S. soccer, from head coach Greg Berhalter to former greats like Demarcus Beasley and Clint Dempsey, and current players like Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney, and Gio Reyna. The entire series will be out on November 1st on the Athletic Soccer Show podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts.